another world, another time in the age of wonder. You are listening to Trial by Stone. Trial by Stone. Trial by Stone. This is what I came for. Your vital essence, the dark crystal. I can feel something. Hear it almost. Don't move. Don't move? Where would I go? Quiet! And here's your hosts, Philip Mitchell and Bland Garrett. Hello and welcome to Trial by Stone, and this is episode 28 of Trial by Stone, the Dark Crystal podcast for October 2016. All right, and um, I mean, again... uh, We've been getting some more stuff coming about the Dark Crystal, and um, and first by first, I'll introduce my co-host, uh, Bland. Hello, I'm really enjoying, really, really enjoying being a part of the podcast. I've uh, been getting a lot of feedback from listeners, and it's just, it's, it's great to be a part of it. So on this month's show, we will be chatting to some of the fan filmmakers who went to the Jim Henson Company that was sort of part of the event that they organized um, for a gathering of all the fan filmmakers um, from the winner um, and the runners-up, as well as the honorable mentions um, that attended the event. Uh, So we'll be uh, chatting to them very shortly in in the Podling Village. But at first, um, we'll we'll go to the news, and um, I guess the big thing that sort of happened um recently was um again uh funko (laughs) well we we finally we finally got the mock-up of the um the gartham and winged kira box set that's going to be at new york comic-con and that's october 6th through the 9th and it's going to be limited to 500 pieces but that still doesn't mean that it won't be at Toys R Us or another retailer. Um, does yeah, I know. Yeah, because I know there's been some speculation on whether it is actually going to come to um, Toys R Us, and I believe you try, you sent a message um, to a representative from from Funko about that. Yes, they did get back to me. They said that as of now, it's only been announced as an exclusive for New York Comic Con. But if I wanted to, you know, follow them on Twitter or join their mailing list, I there may be an announcement in the future of other retailers that might have it. Well, it's still kind of vague in my opinion, so I'm I'm pretty sure it's going to be at Toys R Us. I mean, there's no way that they're going to put this out and not let fans or other collectors get their hands on this. Because, I mean, that's just, to me, that would just be like a big old kicking the face or kicking the butt yeah i think it'd be a bit of a surprise i guess because i mean they did they, they, they did release um the jen and landstrider figurine um as a summer convention uh exclusive you know for toys or us or i um, mean those specialty shops um overseas of course and they so, didn't um, they didn't announce I, I, toys or us yeah. as the retailer until like the day before san diego comic-con so there's a chance that it's it's still going to be available and they are popping up on eBay and they are you know up there like the Landstrider was at first or like $150 or so and um there hasn't been as many as the Landstrider um I don't know if Funko kind of waited this long to to reveal the pictures and and the announcement and whatnot of it just to kind of keep that to a minimum um, because the Landstrider set 
did go crazy on eBay before San Diego Comic-Con. So hopefully it won't be too expensive. Hopefully, well, if you want the one with the sticker, because that's really, again, that's the only thing that's collectible about it is the sticker. If it's available at a retailer. Um, yeah, so I think it's just going to be a wait and see. Um, but I'm, I'm I, probably by the time, you know, the the episode's out, um, that they'll be out by now, um, you know, at um, the New York Comic Con. And, 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 but yeah, we are, you know, as of now, you know, recording this in late, late September. Um, we certainly hope that uh, it'll come out um, at Toys R Us. So, but if it does, we'll de- definitely post it up on the, on the Trial by Stone uh, Dark Crystal podcast page. And the dig- the digital mock-up of this is, I love it. I mean, I think this looks great. Um, it's a closed mouth fizz gig. Um, the Gartham looks really neat. Um, Kira, her wings are a little bit translucent. So I, th- I think it looks great. Shortly after the, the Gartham mock-up, digital mock-up was, was released um, on the Funko site, the um, retailer, online retailers, uh, just a couple of days ago, or I think just yesterday, um, from the time that we're recording this, um, they have released the digital mock-ups of the five other figures. So we get to look at that, and you can pre-order them now. Um, there's a lot of different um, online stores. We'll have links in the show notes, but I know Entertainment Earth is one. Um, Big Bad Toy Store is another um, right now, I would avoid Amazon because they are extremely overpriced. Um, I went, I, I double checked on Amazon to see what was going on there, and I mean they're charging double the the suggested retail, and and what the other um, online stores are are selling them for. Um. um so so we have um, Kira, no wings. But she does have an open mouth fizz gig. We have Algra, who comes with her her device, her um, seal, or her little tri- triangular device that she carries. Um, there's Jen with the shard, and then we have um, Skeksil the Chamberlain with a Hakskika sword, a trial by stone sword, and then we have his counterpart Ursul the Mystic, and he has um, his staff. Um, each of these, um, Jen comes with the crystal base and then the other four figures each come with a piece of the crystal. And when you collect them all, they piece together to make a dark crystal. So, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, you sort of, you, I mean, you know, with these figures, you sort of got to collect them all to, um, to build the, uh, the, the dark crystal, um, that sort of thing. So no, which is, which is really cool. And yeah, just saying, yeah, cause even myself, I, I must admit, I was really surprised to see, um, you know, the mock-ups, but also a, a release date. Uh, well, not, not a definitive release date, but I think at the moment it's, it's looking like it'll be, uh, towards the end of October is when they'll, um, plan to, to release, um, all the remaining figurines, uh, for the dark crystal as part of the, uh, the reaction figures lineup. So, um, yeah, no, which is, which is really good. Cause yeah, I, I really anticipated this to be sort of an early next year, 35th anniversary, you know, of the dark crystal, you know, to promote that, you know, marketing spin towards it or, um, 
so yeah, um, yeah. So I was just really surprised at how quick it was going to be. Uh, yeah, they just popped up, and I've I saw um, October. I've seen November. I've seen October thirty first. So I would say towards the end of October, probably the early part of November, they'll be ready. Um, the um, Jen, Kira, and Agra are all going to be around nine to ten dollars, and then the Mystic and the Skeksy are both fifteen dollars a piece. Um, so, like I said, I wouldn't I wouldn't pay more than that unless they. Unless you're having trouble finding them, um, some of those on, online retailers you can pay an extra, an extra fee, like about two dollars, to actually make sure that you get a mint quality figure. Um, and those stores are really good about doing that because they know that their you know collectors have have their standards. And if you you know you pay a couple extra bucks, I think it's I think it's worth it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, um, yeah, definitely. Um, we've got pictures of it on the trial by stone dark crystal podcast page. So definitely check that out. Um, and, um, yeah, so overall, yeah, it's just very exciting and looking forward to, um, to what, um, yeah, you know, when we get finally get, get, get our hands on them, um, yes. on these reaction figures. Oh, so, I can't um, wait. yeah, very exciting so a, times. A, yeah. A full set would run you around 60, U.S. dollars. So if you're going to buy two, that's 120. Um, of course, I'm going to buy two because I want. They are blistered, so I want one mint and one to play with, or one to display. <laughs> yeah, like um, I think for myself, yeah, like I'll probably will end up getting two of them. But I think like for now, I'll probably get like the first main set when they're out and. And then probably yeah, buy another set down the track. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd be curious how much um, they will cost um, when they come out in Australia, because um, I know they usually are a little bit pricey. So I'm, I'm sort of anticipating that they'll probably be maybe maximum probably 130, but um, it'll be interesting. It's a wait and see because I know even with the Gen and Landstrider uh, figurine that was 50 Australian dollars. Um, and I'm, and I'm predicting that that might be the case with the, with, uh, the Gotham and Kira and the closed mouth fizz gig set. So, um, it'll just be interesting to see, but I think, you know, it's awesome that, um, yeah, we're going to get these figurines and I mean, who knows? I mean, they might, I mean, they might be releasing them now just to sort of see, you know, uh, just to get them out there and who knows what they might, you know they could potentially do for um the 35th anniversary whether they decide to um ex- you know expand the line with these uh reaction figurines or um or even um the the pop vinyls as well right and these these do go along with the original line that was canceled from Hasbro and Aviva they have the um similar packaging with uh, Jen on the crystal and then um their original concept was that they all came with a piece of the crystal and you could piece it together to make the dark crystal. So that's all original to the original idea. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So, um, and I know, I think I, uh, yeah, but they, well, they did have a pod slave and a pod peasant in the original line, which, um, Funko reaction didn't do. So if they do expand it, then hopefully, you know, maybe they'll have a separate Landstrider or a, a separate Gartham and then they'll have Podlings and maybe an Erskek or, you know, maybe they'll do characters that weren't in the original line. So I would think um, probably the only other idea I could think of is maybe Skekong with the other um, 
you know, the the sword. Oh um, yeah, and then maybe have like a Hoxkika stone or something. <laughs> yes, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I thought or that, even that'd um, be pretty neat. Even maybe a a crystal bat or something, you know. Oh yeah, yeah. That'd be kind of. I don't know if I've ever done. I mean, they. I mean, they have got a fizz gig, a really small one. I think the crystal bats. I reckon that'd have to be bundled up with something. Probably either the like Gartham Skek- or or Skekzak, the ritual master. Ah yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. That that could work out. Yeah. So um, yeah. It's 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 exciting. So um, well, another thing that happened. Um, the uh, Dark Crystal Steelbook was released in the UK. Um, I will I will have to admit that the digital mock-up was a lot more impressive, but at the same time, it I still think it's a beautiful collectible. Um, it's the same Blu-ray as the previous Blu-ray release, but the packaging, you've got the nice tin. Um, I did notice that the inside image of, of Skekzok and the other Skeksis around the crystal is actually the same interior image that was on previous Blu-rays, which I had never noticed before, which I recently just got a Blu-ray player. So I've, I've been opening that one up and sticking it in. And <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so have you, so have you saw, have you saw watching um, the dark crystal on Blu-ray yet or are you? not yet? Um, I do have um, my TVs are still kind of outdated. I do have an HD TV it's an HD flat screen TV, but it's still a tube TV. So it's it's one of the early early flat screen HD TVs. But um, I did I originally had the well, it's a PlayStation Three. I originally had it on uh, an old an older TV tube TV that I do all my video gaming on um, because it it still works with the light gun from the original NES. But I moved it over to the HD TV and and it looks a lot better. So. I am eventually going to watch that. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. And no, I'd just be interested to, to hear, you know, your thoughts on, you know, watching on the Blu-ray the first time. Um, so that might be something for a future episode that will, um, yeah, maybe chat about the, the Blu-ray and, um, and I get, and I guess, you know, the potential of, you know, what, what may come with, um, with a future, um, ultra hd release of the dark crystal um if it ever does happen the 4k um, of course the 4k but my issue with that is not only do you have to have an ultra hd blu-ray player but you also have to have a 4k tv in order to actually see it in 4k um of course if you have a an hd tv and you are watching a 4k a blu-ray it it does send it send it out in the standard hd tv um kind of format so so you so you do need the television in order to actually watch it in 4k so oh yeah absolutely yeah yeah and i, I think like him like i sort of been thinking about getting a a 4k tv down down the track um and i think i mean one of the main reasons would be yeah you know either the dark crystal or of course you know star wars <laughs> um if that if uh, which i'm sure we'll get a 4k release um down the track so they'll be sort of waiting for those sort of you know announcements to be made and then i'll probably yeah sort of get a 4k tv and um and well there's also kind of stuff so yeah well there's also the labyrinth 4k which i believe is getting ready to be released or has already been released i 
I'm not sure which. I know that the new Blu-ray just came out on the 20th of September, but I'm not sure about the 4K release. Yeah, I was just going to have a quick look on... Let me have a look what on the internet. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, yeah. Hang on. And while you're doing that, I will yes. mention that uh, the 30th anniversary of Labyrinth on the big screen was amazing. Ah, uh, yes, you had a chance to um, check, yes. check it out on the big screen, yeah. It was so nice. They did. Um, they had little trivia questions on the big screen while we were waiting for the movie to start. And then they had, um, I believe that it's just footage from the 30th anniversary Blu-ray, but it, it was um, Cheryl, I believe Cheryl Henson and Brian Henson and... Some some others they did um, you know behind the scenes showed some behind the scenes of the filming and whatnot and then they had um, they had this really nice um, video of the Center for Puppetry Arts and the Dark Crystal and Labyrinth display that's there which was really nice to see um, that footage and, and actually seeing it on the big screen as well and then watching the film like it was so great and. There were some little kids in front of me that were kind of running around, and I, I did kind of give them a little shush at one time. Um, but for the most part, the audience was really nice. Um, I know that during the little the little intro film, someone quoted a line behind me, and I turned around and said, "Get it out of your system now," you know, because. When I go to movies, I don't deal with all that. Like you, you better have your cell phone off and you better have your mouth shut because I will get oh, yeah, up and I will say something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Everyone that's, that's was, happened. Everyone... Yeah, I was just saying. Yeah, that that has happened to me. Yeah, once or twice. Um, uh, yeah, with people talking during the movie and you know, I end up you know speaking out like you know be quiet you know. <laughs> um, but yeah, but I mean, I, I guess like I know what what was the audience like? You know, seeing the film like. Was there any? Because of course, you know, it's a you know part musical as well. Uh, were, were people singing to the songs or like? No, or they were just watching not at it. All, yeah. Which okay, I mean, yeah, yeah, which was great in my opinion. Yeah. Um, I was yeah, I was bouncing in my chair and you know, kind of <laughs> lip syncing along to myself. But everyone was really you know, it was really great. And you know, even when it started, like somehow I got really emotional and I like when the owl comes out and it's flying around and you see the title and everything and just the music, like I teared up. I really did. Like, cause I, I don't think I'd actually seen labyrinth in on the big screen, but I can remember watching it a ton as a kid, as well as the dark crystal. And like, I got really, I got kind of emotional. And then at the end, it, you know, it, it kind of dawned on me again, like David Bowie's no longer with us. And it just, it was, it was really great to see it. I really enjoyed myself. Yeah, no, that's fantastic. Yeah. And I think the 4K Ultra HD release, I think, I believe that it is out in the US, um, but I know it's coming in Australia around the 5th of October. So probably by the time the episode's out, um, definitely out, then it, it should be um, uh, released. And, and I think that's a good thing, I guess, with this 4K Ultra HD is, um, most of these sets, they do come with the Blu-ray version as well. So it's like, if you want to sort of, you know, future-proof, get a, you know, a copy of Labyrinth, you know, you, and you don't have a 4K Ultra HD, you know, player, then you can always use the Blu-ray to to watch the film. So Yeah. Um, yeah, that, yeah. Uh, that uh, really nice um, Amazon-exclusive 
collector's edition that has the mirrored staircases and whatnot. Um, that's multi-format. I think it comes with the 4K and the regular Blu-ray. And it may come with a regular DVD, I'm not sure. Or it could just be that it comes with a digital copy. So. Yes, yeah. So, but it um, is, a, yeah, it is multi-formatted on that one. But then there's the, do you want to pay 15 US dollars for the Blu-ray or do you want to pay 75 US dollars for the collector's edition? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah. I mean, if you're yeah, a big fan of Labyrinth, then, um, you know, because um, it, it is a nice little, yeah, box set. Um, but it sort of depends, you know, I guess. Um, you know, if you want just the movie, then by all means, get the movie. But, um, you know, if you like, you know, having the extra stuff, you know, and then it's, yeah, I think it's, you know, something to look into, I guess. Um, but, yeah, yeah, so no, which is cool. And now I guess we'll go to the Podling Village and... Um, chat to some of the fan filmmakers and discuss about their time um their visit at the jim henson company with the with the fan film event screening that happened back in late september so this month we're discussing about the the recent event that um, happened at the uh, jim henson company the sort of this fan film um event gathering with all the filmmakers and all that kind of stuff. So um, I just thought just to introduce all the guests that are on the sh- on the show. So we got uh, the winner of the um, of that Dark Crystal fan film contest, uh, Kristen. Uh, Kristen, thanks for joining us. Hello, thanks for having me again. Yeah, no worries. And I mean, it was great. Um, it was a great time that we uh, chatted a couple episodes uh, on the Trial by Stone podcast uh, about your um, uh, your short film, uh, The Promise. Which uh, for listeners, um, that's what you know. It's uh, if you go back a couple episodes, um, you can definitely uh, uh, check that out. And also, we have uh, Mister Mullen, who uh, was uh, runners up in his short film called Secrets. So, Mister Mullen, just want to say thanks for coming on board oh yeah no problem thanks for having me i'm really excited to talk about this and of course uh we've got um joshua who's um who was also uh runners up with his uh short film called the great conjunction so joshua i just want to say yeah thank thank you for being on the show yeah thank you thanks for having me so i guess um this uh, fan event sort of happened uh, around, uh, I think it was late September. I just, I just want to know, like, how it all went down. And um, I, I guess I might start off with you, uh, Kristen, just sort of how, how did it sort of um, uh, happen with, uh, you know, being invited to, to come to the Jim Henson Company? Oh, yeah. So, so we started at the Creature Shop, which is kind of tucked away now in a hidden location in Burbank. Um, originally with the Jim Henson, Jim Henson creature shop challenge, uh, they made it look like it was still at the Henson Hollywood lot. And so now it's two separate locations. So we, we met at about one thirty is when we started the tour and we had about 45 minutes there at the creature shop, which kind of stretched out a little bit more, a little longer than 45 minutes. It was kind of hard to squeeze it all in, but um, yeah, it, it was pretty exciting uh, to arrive. We got there a little early, and we waited in the in the waiting room, the tiny little waiting room. They tried to fit like almost thirty of us in there, and we were just all so excited. We were meeting each other for the first time, and some of us had met each other on Facebook, and so to 
put names to faces and that sort of thing and also names and faces to the films it was it was great it was great to now now to go back a little bit did they um did they send you all like a formal invitation in the mail and i'm assuming that they took care of any kind of airfare and was it just the day or did you all have lodging for an evening or how did that all go down for the grand prize, they took care of lodging and travel for for myself and, and a guest. Um, and we did get a, everyone got a formal email invitation. And so it was just like a downloadable PDF that had oh, okay. the whole schedule listed. Um, and if you guys want, we can shoot you a copy of that just so you can check it out. Um, it's. You know, it has a secret, the secret creature shop location, so we can't necessarily share that with too many people. But no, oh, okay, <laughs> of course, yeah. I mean, but we can, we can definitely, I, um, you know, just black it out. Um, yeah, know, if we, we wanted to post it publicly, yeah, yes, yeah, of course. And, and I guess, yeah, yeah, the whole yeah. lot everybody knows, though. Yeah, and, and I guess, um, Joshua, um, I guess, I guess, what was interesting because, um, you're actually from Australia, uh, from Melbourne. So, um, how how yeah. was it, um, you know, uh taking on, you know, being invited to go to the Jim Henson Company and going on a long plane flight to, 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 to join up with everyone? I mean, it was, it was fantastic. Um, I mean, getting to, you know, go to the Creature Workshop and getting to see all the, um, you know, the, the stuff they had there. I mean, getting to stand and get a photo next to an original Oscar from Sesame Street, it kind of tripped me out because I'm like, you know, as a baby, I was watching that puppet and here I am standing next to it right now. So it was, um, it was pretty, it was pretty cool. Like I was really excited and, um, yeah, it was a lot of fun, especially coming up with, um, one of the actors from the film, Liam. Um, so we had an absolute ball of a time. Excellent. And, um, and what about yourself, um, Mr. Mullen, how, how was the, the experience for you, um, uh, visiting the, the Jim Henson company? Oh my gosh. Like as a person who's like made puppets and critters for like, as long as I can remember, it was really just like such a tremendous honor to just be invited to the creature shop and to the the Hollywood lot, the Hollywood lot too. But I mean, as soon as we got there, someone said it was like Willy Wonka and the chocolate factory. And we were like the kids with the golden tickets. And um, it really was like that, except for like no one fell in a chocolate river or turned into a blueberry or anything. But um, I, I know that I was like a kid in a candy and a candy store um, because I mean, it's like, Henson, the Henson group is known for like that Henson hospitality and be, and they were, they were just, you know, for being such a big company, they took the time to learn everyone's names and treat everybody with like so much respect. It was all like, we were kind of like old friends, you know, showing up. And I mean, I guess I could say it was a mystical experience, <laughs> but, um, while we were in the creature shop, um, uh, we did get to meet a few of the, um, Skexis from the Dark Crystal. They had the Chamberlain there and the Scroll Keeper. So it was kind of fun. I got a selfie with both of them. So um, that was great. And they also had the actual Gelfling Wall set up. And we could get our pictures in front of that. And that was really, really cool. Uh, that, that sounds fantastic. Yeah, I think, like, even myself, like, yeah, I would love to see the um, the Gelfling Ruin, um, the Wall of Destiny. Oh, you would have loved it. it. It was just... It was insane to see it in person. It, I think it's. I think I'm still in shock from the whole experience. But it, it was just the props to see them up close. It's just the care and the detail is just beautiful. 
Now, did you all meet anybody, um, any of the, the big wigs of the Jim Henson company, like um, Brian Henson and Lisa and Cheryl? Were yeah. any of those there? Do you, who yeah. wants to? I, I can answer or somebody else. <laughs> I guess, I guess, I'll, yeah, I'll go ahead and let you know. Um, so when we were at the Creature Shop, we got to meet Peter Brook. Uh, who is the head of the creature department, uh, I believe creature development. Um, and we did get to see Brian Henson. He was sitting in his office when we all took a tour through. We didn't necessarily get to meet each meet him personally, but he did address the group at the, sh at the screening. And he thanked us all for being there. And he, he told us what a lovely job we all did with our films. Um, and we did get to do sort of a, a more personal meet and greet with Lisa Henson. Unfortunately, Cheryl couldn't make it since she was traveling back to the East Coast. But, um, but yeah, Lisa Henson actually got to hang out for a bit after the screening and during the cocktail hour. And so anybody could just come up and chat with her, you know, uh, ask questions, anything like that. She was very, very open to talk to, very cool. I mean, I got to chat with her for a few minutes as well, and especially right after the showing, um, it, it was lovely. So, and a lot of the other employees were there as well. Now you said cocktail hour. Did they serve essence there? No, <laughs> <laughs> no, um, no. It was it was uh, wine and a few, I think, ciders and beer. It was it was really nice. I was too busy um, floating around talking to everybody, though, to really drink, but. Yeah, it's, it's, it sounds really good about the, the, the event um, that sort of went down. And I guess, um, and, and what was, you know, what was it like sort of um, uh, and there was also the, the screening um, of all, you know, of some of the, the fan films um, that, that were shown. I guess, you know, we've probably all seen them many times, you know, on, on the Jim Henson Company's, you know, the YouTube page. But what was it like, yeah, just, you know, seeing them again sort of on, on the big screen um, uh, down there at the Jim Henson Company. I might start uh, with you, Mr. Mullen. Um, what was that like for you? Okay, well, I, it's the same screening room that is in the sci-fi, um, the, the Creature Shop Challenge show, I believe. And, you know, um, when, when they're, like, little, uh, watching them on YouTube and, and, and the competition is going on, because they posted them before they announced the winners, so I'm sure everybody was kind of, like, you know, watching, everybody who participated was, you know, eagle-eyeing them and, you know picking them apart and things but it was really nice to just sit down with you know everybody because everybody you know is such fans you know of it and um even though the lights were like dimmed it was really cool because you know when each person's short film came up you know you got to see everybody just kind of light up and and you know people were able to say a couple words about their film or kind of take credit for it after um we watched each one um, but you know, it was a really nice opportunity to just sit back and really just kind of take them in and listen to the music and listen to the words and just really see like the amazing creatures that people built and performed. Yeah. I think like, that's probably one of the, you know, uh, the great things about like with this dark crystal fan film contest. Yeah. Was it was, you know, just the amount of work that, that everyone, um, put in towards you know with, with the you know with creating these creatures and and sort of bringing them to life in a way um you know which was all fantastic and each film was um very you know unique or different um uh, which you know sort of you know expands i guess that sort of 
um, World of the Dark Crystal a bit more, you know, in the fandom way. Well, I was just going to say that was probably one of my favorite parts of, of all the little fan films was that a lot of people really looked at the the movie, the film, The Dark Crystal, and they took what they took from that was that there was this whole little background world that was created. So a lot of them had these little montages where they had little extra background creatures that were seen and, and part of the action and the scenery. And I really liked how a lot of a lot of the filmmakers added that to the film. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I guess, um, uh, I, I guess Josh, I'm, we might as well maybe talk a little bit about, um, about your film, uh, the great conjunction. So I guess like how, how did that all sort of came about for you to, um, uh, to make the great conjunction? Um, so essentially I, I keep forgetting how I actually found out about the competition. I think somebody linked me on Facebook and they're like, Oh, you should check this out. I remember at the time I was really busy. So I'm like, oh yeah, it was, it was still quite a while away. I think it was September. Um, I think when I heard about it, I was like, oh yeah, I'll get around to it. Um, you know, closer to the date. And then I realized it was, it was a couple of weeks before it was due. And I'm like, oh yeah, I, I got this, this competition I should probably be doing. So I kind of scrambled, um, trying to figure out, you know, what, what I wanted to do story wise. And, um, and I've always had a thing for kind of like origin stories. So, I originally was playing with an idea of kind of um, doing a, a short based on the Erskex, um on their homeworld, kind of like essentially before they got banished to Thra. Um, and it was going to about them planning, um, yeah, about their, their great plan and then them getting, it would end with them getting banished. But then I thought, oh, I, got, I probably didn't have enough time to make so many, um, you know, uh, costumes and that kind of stuff. So I'm like, oh, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll limit it down to like two two creatures um which is which is great so origin wise i'm like okay i'll, I'll do it how about um you know one of the Erskex uh kind of arrives a little bit early before the others before they they meet up with augra um and you know i can have a little bit of a you know interaction so it was it was essentially like a, a first contact story um for me um and yeah i mean i just i love that kind of stuff and i kind of got to play with a few concepts that um you know because it was prior to the film i could kind of you know make up some stuff to add my own, you know, into, into the dark crystal world. So, yeah. I was just going to say, I did have a couple of questions. Um, had, had you read the creation myths before you had come up no. with the concept for the story? Okay. No. So funnily, funnily enough, um, the, so I was, I tried to do as much research as I could just from what was online. And, um, it's been the one thing that, that got me was, was the dream fasting itself. Um, so in, in my short, uh, you know, we had that the dream fasting was, was a gift from, um, from the Erskex to, uh, to the Gelflings. Um, but then in the, in the creation myths, it was that they had it, um, from, from beforehand, but yeah, I was, I wanted to get my hands on it, but they just wasn't enough time. Um, but yeah, I, I then, wish I would. <laughs> now, now did the, did the Gelfling, did she have a prosthetic, um, kind of face at the very beginning he did um, yeah okay because i really I, I i noticed that she really did have that gelfling kind of facial nose feature and i yeah. love that little waterfall scene uh, I, I really uh, like that and, and the nice. greenish yeah, actually, tint to the hair yeah yeah well we actually went through um three different facial prosthetics so the um the first one um didn't turn out um, super great. So that's why the waterfall was okay. Cause she was pretty far away. So you couldn't see, um, issues with it. But then when we, we did it close up, we weren't able to use it. So 
we had a second one done, but that there, because we just didn't have enough time, it was it wasn't really made to look like a girl thing. I think it was more it looked more like a who from from Doctor uh, from uh, yeah Doctor Zeus books, which it didn't really fit. So then I decided I'm like, look, we don't have enough time, so we'll, we'll go without the prosthetic for the rest of the shoot. And um, and yeah, I think like I was I was pretty happy with doing it that way um, in the end. But yeah, no, the the waterfall. That was that was pretty fun to get down to and to film that. Um, it was it was good because usually there's a lot of tourists there, so I was pretty happy that when I got there, there was like two people up to the top of the waterfall smoking pot, and that was about it. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I was pretty. Happy. <laughs> they were kind of laughing. They were watching the whole time, just laughing at us. And I'm like, guys, go away, go yeah. smoke somewhere else. But um, yeah, <laughs> it was pretty cool. Uh, now a lot of people um, noticed that you have a black erskek. Or the, the your erskex are, are a black color. Yeah. Um, can can you ex- explain that? Like at first, I was thinking, well, maybe it's because he's hurt, and then I thought, well, the other one is black too, and he's not hurt, but maybe it's just because they're not near a crystal, and that maybe their glowing power is also fed by the power of a of the crystal or a crystal. Yeah. So do you so, have a? Yeah. So there was a reasoning for it. Um. So essentially, the original of the film is a uh, twelve minutes long. Um. So one that you guys of seeing i think is what five minutes something eight minutes something like that i think because there was a cutoff with the length yeah, of i think the, it's like five five for 20 yeah. something like that yeah yeah so obviously there was more than half the film was cut um essentially so there was two reasons for it one um i was planning because because the erskek was hurt <clears throat> in the research i'd done i'd found that the erskeks would change their color depending on their mood um when they got really angry they would become darker um, and you know, th- there was a, there was a fluctuation in color, um, based on their, their moods. Um, and what I was planning on doing because he was hurt, I was planning on having, there were, there were moments in the original story, which, which I had to cut out where he would kind of lash out at, um, at, uh, Gelfling. Uh, and then he would kind of, it, it was showing that thing of that, um, that imbalance between trying to control, um, the anger and the serenity mm-hmm. um, kind of you know, leading to that whole thing of the, the break later on where they, they break into the Gexies and the um, Duru. But uh, essentially, so I was going to animate. Um, so I started with the, the darker color and then I was going to animate it lighter and, and darker as I needed to fluctuate. Um, but obviously just once again, based on time, um, I wasn't able to do it. And then when I had to cut it down, I just ended up cutting all the, all the bits where they were getting, he was getting angry out. Um, yeah, right, because that is, that is essentially why they're banished because they can't they can't balance their their emotions. So yeah. that's why they're yeah. Uh, it's very interesting stuff, and I, I guess like with yourself, um, Mr. Mullen, um, how, how did you go about with um deciding to to make uh, secrets? Oh, um, okay. Well, um, in the film. Agra dumps out that whole box of crystals and she's like, you want a shot? Here, take a shot. You know, and so it's like, we don't know where all of those different crystals came from and I thought that would be a cool starting point to kind of go from. Um, But, you know, the secrets behind the scenes of secrets were, you know, (laughs) I mean, like, I learned about the, the competition really late. I had no knowledge that um, these competitions were really happening. And then when I finally did stumble across it, I was like, oh no, I missed it. And because um, there were only like like 
20 days left of it. And I was like, oh, come on, self. You have to be able to pull this off because you're there. There's, you know, there's not that many like puppet short films that come up. So, so I started my, I think I can, I think I can, I think I can go <laughs> going. And um, I've never made like a replica puppet of like another artist's work before. I usually design my own, I do my own creations and critters. And so tackling a character like Agra was like a challenge for sure. Um, you know, her look is so iconic and I wanted to get her as close as I could to how she appeared on the film. So I went online and I found as many pictures of, of her as I could and I counted the wrinkles um, like on her forehead and under her eyes and things. I looked at the textures. I looked at the texture of her horns, the texture of her clothes. But the thing that I found was that they used multiple puppets when they were filming um, and they're not all 100% identical because they needed, you know, you know, the, the, um, they come out differently and, and they need ones to allow for different facial expressions and things. So I did have to take some artistic liberties, but in the end, I did think that it ended up being an all right job of her. And, and I definitely took more liberties on the clothes. Cause, um, if you look at like pictures of her, especially the ones exhibited um of her being exhibited at museums and like like the center for puppetry arts in atlanta and like a lot of these posts um our pictures are posted on like the dark crystal facebook groups and you can really see like the incredible detail that went into her dress and into her shawl but um the outfit i designed is probably more like her traveling dress <laughs> you know I, I guess agra might have a closet full of like only red dresses and black shawls but, <laughs> yeah <laughs> um so in the short time we had, we were able to make five puppets. Agra, um, the owl and turtle fellow that um, Cheryl Henson, who was a judge on the competition, she said that she really liked the owl and the turtle. And now, um, was that we the, the four-eyed four -eyed black owl? Is that what that was? Yes, yes. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I liked it a lot. <laughs> thanks. You, you, had a, you had a really good use of all those little, like, creature background creatures and how Augur kind of interacted with them. I, I like that. And with the time that you had, I think you did a really great job. I didn't know you only had 20 days and with the work that you did on that, I'm yeah, that's, that's a lot of work. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Cause even I was just, I was just watching it right. Just in the background and just, um, yeah, just, just the amount of work that you did, you know, especially like with Olga and yeah, those background creatures. Um, yeah, it's, yeah, just amazing work within, um, within the short time that you had to, to pull it off. So not well done. Yeah. Yeah. It was a short time and we wanted to do it all with, um, I was really passionate about doing all practical effects because that's just kind of like in the spirit of, of those eighties fantasy films. So everything, I mean, other than like maybe the title secrets coming across at the beginning, because, but like, I don't know if you can even count that, but everything um, within the film is practical. How did you make the shard um, glow like that with that purple glow? Um, there's a light underneath of it. Oh, okay. Because um, what we did is there was like a little hollow in that. I, I think it's on a log. And um, we, we put um, like a light underneath of it that could, um, you know, it was out and then it would light up. And then we kind of covered the hole up and then very carefully set the crystal on top and and just did it that way. <laughs> Well, if I can go back to um, to Troy's film, um, that whole question of of the where where the shard or the what which one was the the true shard and whatnot. I'm I'm kind of the nerdling of the group. Um, 
I just just for listeners' purpose, um, what had happened was when the Skeksis found out about the prophecy, they fabricated a bunch of false shards and scattered them along the landscape. And so the Gelfling and maybe even the Podlings, as they would find them, they would take them to Agra. So I just wanted to throw that in there. That's a really cool but fact. I do, but right? I do, yeah, I do like how she just happens to be in your film. She just happens to be the one that actually did find the real one, and she had this vision, and she wasn't quite sure if it was the real one, real one or not. Yeah, it's still yeah. It's kind of you know. Originally, I had more of it uh, a, a bigger vision for what secrets would be, and making it sort of like um, more of a nightmare of Agra's. But I think that it's still. Um, kind of works in in the way that in the way that it is, and from what you just described, and it's cool that like you are the nerdling because it's like the more I learn about this and the more little tidbits, it's like, you know, if they do have another competition of some kind, it's like I'm gonna use all of this this information to put it into whatever they come up and make us do next. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic, and I guess um back to the event um I know you know. Uh, you know, you all had an opportunity to to chat with Lisa. Was there sort of like any questions that you sort of, you know, asked her, I don't know whether it was about the Dark Crystal or, or the films or, or anything, um, um, yeah, you know, on the on the event? Um, I might start with you, Kristen. Um, well, it, it, oddly enough, uh, I decided to take one of the bean bags uh, towards the front of the screening room with uh, my friend Sarah who helped on the film and Lisa came in um, a little bit later right as we were starting into the first film and she sat right next to me the entire time <laughs> so I was a little I was a little nervous at first but I was like you know this this is going to be great and um, they ended the screening with my film and so I had a chance to to like as soon as the film was done she turned to me and we had a conversation um, and it was it was very I mean, I, I remember fragments of it. I was just so excited to meet her um, and just recalling it now. I didn't get a chance to really talk to her about the Dark Crystal as much. It was more or less that she had a few questions about our creatures, um, you know, and about, you know, whether or not I had a chance to talk to Peter Brook, which I did. And, um, you know, just she had she was interested actually in like what our day jobs were um i guess she had gone around and asked a few people you know what what it's she said it was so interesting you know that what people do you know is their day job and it's so radically different from what our passion is with puppetry and creature design and creature building and um and that's when i i told her you know that this is something that i'm definitely interested in and i want to pursue a career in one day and she had complimented uh, the costuming on my puppet, and that was that was it for me. <laughs> I was like over the moon, but but no, I mean it was just you know she she was genuinely interested um, in you know she, I think for her really what she was um, impressed by was the amount of puppets we had in our film, uh, and some of the other employees as well. They just we're like, wow, they just keep coming. They just keep popping up. And, you know, and, and for us, it was, that was so important. We wanted to try to, to recreate that world. And she, she did say that we did a good job in, in recreating the world of the dark crystal. 
And so that, that was very nice. It was a huge compliment. And I was just so honored, you know, um, and I, I, again, you know, talking about it now, I, I just can't even believe that we were able to, to go and tour and, and, and have that experience and tour the, the Henson Company and the Creature Shop. I think it kind of feels a little bit like a dream, you know, <laughs> very surreal. But, but yeah, I, I wish, you know, it, it just things sometimes like that happen so quickly and there's a lot of interruptions and everybody's excited and you're meeting all these new people that I, I wish that I could go back and have like a little more of a, a longer conversation about the, the film in general or, and about, you know, what it is, what's, what it's like to work on a production there or work for the Henson company and that sort of thing. I think Cheryl, had we got to meet her, she probably would have been a better person to tap into like her knowledge of the film behind the scenes because she actually got to be there with her father with Jim Henson working on the Dark Crystal so I think and and I think also like with Brian Henson his experience working on the labyrinth um and I think for Cheryl that's her baby the Dark Crystal so hopefully you know when I go to FairyCon in November she'll be doing a panel there and I believe I'll I'll get to do a panel with her discussing the fan film. Um, we'll see if it all works out. I think we're still kind of working those kinks out, but then that would be nice if I get to meet her and then we can touch base again. And I, if you have any questions I can forward to her, that'd be, I'd be more than happy to do that. Yeah. I mean, it'd be interesting. Yeah. If I'll um, do any more of, you know, future contests, um, uh, with uh, darkcrystal.com, uh, which I certainly hope that, you know, m- might happen, um, I guess, you know, with next year being the um, the 35th anniversary um, of the film. So I think anything can happen, I guess, yeah. Well, it was definitely a heck of a lot of fun. So, <laughs> um, I mean, meeting everyone and it was just, it was so awesome being, you know, in a room with, with everyone who, um, you know, everyone who had a passion for the Dark Crystal and for, for everything the Jim Henson companies you know, been doing. Um, it was just really great um, creative energy between everyone, and it was just it was a lot of fun. Gonna say, yeah, that it it was great to catch up with everybody, and and a few of us actually had a chance to hang out afterwards, and <laughs> <laughs> went to shout a, out to Clay. <laughs> uh, a shout out to oh yeah, Clay? yeah, Clay, yeah, I know, if you, and um, Dave, who did Dude, Where's My Shard? I loved his. <laughs> Um, we were trying to get the whole group and we were hoping to do puppet karaoke, uh, but it was kind of hard to, you know, to herd everybody over to try to find a karaoke bar at that point. But we ended up just going up the street to a local bar and, um, and just hanging out, catching up, uh, making those connections. I think it's really important to, to have that sense of community i know that we're all some of us are you know australia and (laughs) all over the country here in the u.s and stuff and it's just but it's still nice it still felt like we were building this kind of community or family of of artists and that we all have a similar interest and passion and it all starts with the dark crystal and i i think that's wonderful and so we were just having a blast hanging out talking about, you know, how, like our process, how long it took us to make our films, that sort of thing. And just getting to know each other. Um, I think I, I 
could, and I'll say for myself, it, it was a little bit overwhelming because I wanted to be able to have a sit down conversation with everybody. But I felt like, you know, at times, you know, it's just kind of trying to take a breather from everything that happened that day, <laughs> just sitting down and processing. But no, I, I felt like I at least got to to catch up even at least for a few minutes with everybody. But I'm not sure if for for Josh or for other folks, like, you know, <laughs> how it was for them. But yeah, for, I can say it was great for me. That's awesome. And what about you, with yourself, uh, Mr. Marwan? Um, any final oh. thoughts? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I was like over the moon because like growing up, I had like customized my own dark crystal folder for school and, th you know, with um, dark crystal and labyrinth with a big David Bowie in, in the middle of it. And I, you know, I thought I was the only one and um, nobody had heard. I thought of I was. It. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I thought, you know, and nobody had really heard of it. And um you know, to go and meet people who share the same interests and to find your tribe, so to speak, was really it was really cool. It was cool to swap secrets and talk about our films and then hang out afterwards and and kind of, you know, intermingle with everybody, see everybody's puppets, too, because, you know, you see them on on film. But then when you see them in person, you really get to look at all the fine details. And once again, I think I said this before, but I mean, just such amazing work i mean um the shoes oh, so you all on... actually brought your props and things well what you could along i, um, I there... yeah I, I bought tristan and peaky with me from our film now now is his name it's is that it's it's similar to your name for a reason no <laughs> <laughs> you know, i was afraid of that too and i that was like not intentional at all and i was like oh no it sounds like my name but we were having such a tough time coming up with names and really it wasn't until after the film that we really developed his personality and Arden's as well. And I mean, because we had to rush, I, it took us about a month and a half to build these creatures from the ground up and film everything and edit. So it, it, it was pretty intense. <laughs> I, I really liked your, your land strider type creatures. Cause I've, I've always wanted to do a stilt type four legged creature. And I had this um, idea that I talked to Philip about on a previous podcast where I've, I always thought it would be neat if there was somehow um, land striders that were either drained of essence or darkened to the point where they're kind of like a gray black. And then they have like red kind of weird eyes or something. And, kind of aid the Skeksis somehow or the Gartham. And I really liked how you had, you you did have that big montage of all the background creatures and you really did capture that world. And and, and I believe that's that's why you were the winner. Um, oh. yeah, yeah, I really did enjoy all of that and and how you had the the castle there at the end and how he was, I'm, I promised and this is my promise and, you know. <laughs> It was, yeah, it was so touching. And, and one of the things we're shooting ourselves in the foot about is that we really, Peaky is the little gray critter that keeps popping up in the montage. And, oh, that uh, he feeds? <laughs> that he feeds, yeah. And we kind of, that was a happy accident. That was supposed to be a little button at the end of the credits. And we thought, wouldn't it have been great if Peaky could pop up at the end, at, like he had made a friend on his little journey, you know? And we're like, ah, oh, why didn't we think of that sooner? Um, but no, I, I wanted to just, 
circle back and then we'll go back to Mr. Mullen. Sorry, we liked, he was in the middle of talking about the creatures that we brought, but um, to, to just uh, touch on that real quick about um, the creatures becoming darker uh, or their essence being drained. Um, what I liked, what we did in our film in particular is that, and I, I'm sure it's kind of hard to see, to explain that in a montage, but as Tristan's on his journey, the creatures are dark um, and and kind of more, you know, they're not, it, it's, he's not in that lush green environment anymore because he's getting closer and closer to the castle. And so that's kind of what we wanted to show. That's why they're a little darker, gothic, you know, creepy, creepier looking. We well, that want... actually, yeah, that actually goes along with this, with the actual um, mythology of the Dark Crystal, because I don't know if any of you all have read the world of the dark crystal, which contains the book of Agra, but she mentions how after the crystal is cracked and it darkens, all these strange and dark creatures started to appear and, and evolve in a sense. So that, that, that does go along with the mythology. That's great. Yeah. I, I have to go back and read all of that. I've just, it's it's so much and now with the new books as well i love that the world is expanding it's it's yes. wonderful absolutely yeah we certainly um we certainly got a lot to look forward to um when it comes to all things dark crystal i guess you know with the the young adult novel from jm lee um the four books series and and potentially some more um uh, graphic novels uh, from rk entertainment uh for next year so yeah lots to look forward to that's for sure well even even josh your film um, kind of goes along with how we've got all these new novels and stories and how the the background and the prequel is kind of being expanded and written whereas in your film you actually the Gelfling actually says well the you you add to the song throughout you know throughout the ages whereas sometimes that story has to change and yeah. so she kind of changes the song yeah yeah so when I heard that, it kind of, I thought, oh, that's just like how it is now. Like they're adding to the, the canon, you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, true. <laughs> yeah. That's now awesome. we just all have to team up and make one big movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> we should all get together and pitch the sequel to the Jim Henson Absolutely. company. Like, yeah, we're, we're, we're set. <laughs> Absolutely. I think that would be great. I, I was secretly hoping for that, that maybe they were... Uh, scouting for new talent and that you know we we would all get invited to work on the next film <laughs> but you know hey it's a pool of talented artists right there you know so. yep. well troy was going to talk about troy was going to talk about like bringing the creatures along and and yeah, seeing their yeah. puppets and whatnot oh yeah i mean i personally didn't um bring any of, of my critters along with me because I didn't want to pay for an extra ticket on the plane to get them there because um, I'm cheap. But um, the um, the creatures that were there were just phenomenal. I mean, that Freeling shoes, because you don't get to see like the up-close details, but like everything is just... The, the shoes on the Freeling were just so well done. And... and um, you know, I'm not going to remember everybody's puppet and everybody's probably listening to will be listening to this um, podcast. But I, and they were all fantastic. Um, but I do um, just single, you know, one out. Um, they had Twiggly there from um, the twit, the um, the short film about, um, 
you know, Twiggly taking care of the little um, larva characters. Yes, and that was so cute. Battle. Yeah, um, and that, that yeah, it's I like Twi- Twiggly's Battle. Yeah, is the name. Yeah. Twiggly's for, uh, yes, yeah. yes. <laughs> I liked and, how uh, that was like a it was it was like a Muppet set the way that film was shot I really liked that and the way his whole set was was put together. Yeah, they had that there, and they showed they showed us how um, they had like the remote control and and they operated him for us there with all of the um, servos and everything, and it was it was really cool to see that um, you know, and they had a cast of like his head with like the latex piece too that we could kind of look at separately, and. Um, it, that one was really a standout because they had it kind of set up on a table and we all kind of gathered around uh, to see it um, come to life. Yeah, it was amazing. I loved seeing him up close. Well, that, that's what I like about animatronics is that not only do, do you have so much movement and detail, but a lot of people don't realize the the intricate things that even we do ourselves when we turn our head or look somewhere like a lot of people blink as they turn their head before they actually look or the eyes will move before you turn your head and a lot of people it's so second nature that no one thinks of it or realizes it but when you actually puppeteer it and try to bring that reality there there's there's so much detail that's involved now you had mentioned you had, um, Kristen, you had mentioned that you all started out at the Creature Shop. Did you all actually go to the Jim Henson Company, the offices and whatnot, and, and take a tour there as well? Because I know they have a lot of stuff displayed yes, at the actual yes. company. Okay. They gave us, uh, I believe, about 45 minutes to commute back to the Hollywood lot, with L.A. traffic being as crazy as it is at that time. <laughs> <laughs> so we were running a little behind and that was to be expected, you know, but they, they were nice enough to wait till everybody was able to get there and park and, um, and we met up in the courtyard and then they split our group up into two groups of about 15 and they took us through um, the, I believe it's the Charlie Chaplin studio yeah. or the, it's like the large lot there and they were... It's- is the Kermit statue still there, just as Charlie yes. Chaplin? Oh. Yeah, he's there, and it's like kind of that 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 like cottage kind of those like cottage buildings in the front. Mm-hmm. And now that up- courtyard is that where most of those pictures were taken that they posted yeah. on uh, the Dark Crystal Facebook page and whatnot. Yes, yeah, that was in the, right there where it says the Jim Henson Company with the bench and everything, and and then yeah, and so we got to tour. Uh, the main reception area, um, that's where they had a few things on display. They had another Skeksis there. Uh, they had uh, one of the giant monster heads from where the wild things are, I want to say. Mm-hmm. And the hollow puppets and Dino from the Flintstones. It was just amazing to see all of that up close. And... Um, and then we got to tour through Brian Henson's office. Oh, and... he's got some stuff in there. <laughs> like yeah, just the, we... I think doesn't he have the clappers like from the Dark Crystal? Like oh, so yeah. He had <laughs> the shelf that everything was displayed mm-hmm. on. Was I wanted to just take the whole thing? I was right, like, right. oh man, it was gorgeous. <laughs> I mean, it was all hand. I believe like all wooden, hand carved wooden shelf. A huge display. He had the original, like, Art Deco style desk, Jim Henson's desk, mm-hmm. and chair. 
And Lisa Henson has uh, the other desk that belonged to Jim Henson in his New York office, I want to say, or UK. I'm not sure. Because um, one was from the New York office and the other one was, I believe, from the UK. And I just, I took a peek into the other office and I was just jaw drop. <laughs> you know, like, it was great. And, and I, I think he had a couple of pieces from the Dark Crystal, a couple of the weapons. or one. I don't know if it was one of the Mystic Staffs. That was yeah. the mm-hmm. wall. Yeah, Josh, do you remember that? Yeah, there was a Mystic Staff, and then the other one was from Labyrinth, I think. Um, yeah. I don't remember what it was, though, from Labyrinth. It was another kind of weapon slash staff thing. Yeah, it was amazing. And a few of the original bottles, uh, props from the Dark Crystal, hanging out on the window windowsill behind him. And I just... <laughs> yeah, I... It was it was it was so exciting to see all of that up close. Now I hear that they let um, employees bring their dogs to the offices. Did they have a lot of dogs coming around, or did you all notice? Or I, I don't was, know if they still do that. <laughs> you know, yeah. Oddly enough, there was one in someone's office. They had a little doggy gate up. I had to go into Celine's office to leave my puppets in a safe place while we were taking the tours. And someone did have their dog in there, in their office. Oh, did anybody get to sit in one of the Skeksy chairs? Because I know they have one at the offices at the Jim Henson Company. No, that's, no. I, I, they either, because I know what you mean. I've seen the photos. And when we went into the conference room at the Creature Shop, we didn't see the Skeksis chair. Or I don't know if they moved it to the Henson lot, maybe? I think it's in the corner of, of one of the um, rooms or halls of the Henson lot. But I'm not sure. I've, I've never been. So, Do you know what specific chair it is? It's it's one of the chairs that the Skeksis sit in in in, in the dining scene. The, the bank. Oh, okay. In the feast, yeah, the because, banquet scene. Um, the other day, um, I got a text message... Um, from my brother who was like sitting in the throne <laughs> from the from the castle, which was in um a storage place. Some I, I forget oh, I wow. forget what he said he was, but he ran into it um because he was um looking for props because um he goes to Harvard University in uh, Cambridge, Massachusetts, and they were looking through different things and I guess he ran into that and so he uh was sure to text me and brag about it a little bit. Wow. That's awesome. That that throne is just so ornate and beautiful. I love that throne. So again, I just want to say um thank you so much uh Chris and Josh and Mr. Mullen for uh participating in this uh fan film round table. And I guess um and also I just want to know, I guess for any of the listeners, um, Kristen, how can people uh find you? On social media, you can find me on my official Facebook page and it's just going to be my full name I think uh, you can also find it at KD Creature Design but yeah it's just going to be my full name which of course my last name is a little bit difficult (laughs) the spelling but um, it's K-R-I-S-T-I-N and then my last name Daleski D-A-L-L-E-S-K-E and if you do a Google search you'll find my IMDB page you'll find my website and I just started a Twitter. I'm really bad about social media. I need to get better about it. So um, it's again, it's going to be 
I believe it's also KD Creature. So okay, and you also got a website as well. It's going to be. Um, it's just it's Wix dot com and then slash uh, KD Creature Design. And I think it. it I, I tried to change it, so it's. It used to be costume design, and I'm trying to change it back to creature design. But. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Cool. And uh, and what about yourself, uh, Josh? How how can people find you online? Uh, yep. So you can. Um, uh, oh, you can Google my name or check out the website. So if you head to the website, that's www.cinestudios.com.au. Cine as C I N E Studios with an S at the end. Um, otherwise just Google my name and something should link to something somewhere. <laughs> Excellent. And what about yourself, Mr. Mullen? How can people find you? Um, you can visit me at www.mullenentertainment.com and that's M-U-L-L-I-N and then entertainment the way it's spelled. Or you can find, um, uh, Mullen Entertainment on our official Facebook page. And, um, right now we are actually, um, hosting a giveaway to celebrate being a runner-up winner of the Dark Crystal Fan Film Competition. And um, you can enter our Facebook page, or you can um, come to our Facebook page and enter to win a set of the Funko Pop figures, um, which are, like, it's the Dark Crystal set, which includes Agra, Jen, Ursula the Chanter, the Chamberlain, and then that rare Chase variant of um, Kira with the closed mouth Fez gig. So all you have to do is like the Mullen Entertainment page on Facebook and then comment on our initial post with what you thought of our film secrets. So hopefully that contest is still going on by the time this airs and um, a winner will be announced around the end of October. So that's very exciting. And that's Mullen, M-U-L-L-I-N, entertainment at, and that's our official Facebook page. Excellent. Thank you, uh, Mr. Mullen. And I'll add add that onto the show notes or all the websites and stuff for people to, to check it out. So yeah, I guess uh, yeah. Thank you all for being for participating in this um, Dark Crystal fan film roundtable. Great, thank Thanks you. Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, it was great meeting you all. Thank you. You already taken too long, Delfling. Hurry! At last, the crystal calls. It is time, time to return to the castle. The crystal calls. So that's all the time that we have for this month's Trial by Stone. Just want to say a big thanks to Kristen, Joshua, and Mr. Mullen for participating in the Fan Film Roundtable. If you'd like to get in contact with us, you can email us at darkcrystalpodcast at gmail.com. You can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Dark Crystal Podcast or on Twitter at Trial by Stone Pod. If you like the show and think that others would like it too, then please spread the word and even give us a five-star review on iTunes. We'd gladly appreciate it. Well, I hope you all enjoy the show and come back next month for more Trial by Stone. And as always, may the crystal protect us all. May the crystal protect you on your journey.